This is Rock Talk with Mitch LaFawn. Mitch LaFawn. Welcome to this episode of Rock Talk with Mitch LaFawn. And sometimes I need to do a long introduction just to set up what was talked about and set up an interview. And sometimes interviews just explain themselves. And this is one of those interviews. Steve Grimmett of uh, Grim Reaper. New album is At the Gates, and the conversation was absolutely fantastic. Now, uh, if you've got kids in the car or kids around as you're listening to this, the language does get a little bit spicy, for the lack of a better word, once in a while. So you may want to uh, block your ears, or maybe you want to move on to another episode that's a little cleaner. But there are a couple of F words and so on. And anyway, whatever. It's rock and roll. So uh, forget the long intro. Here is the one, the only, from Grim Reaper, Steve Grimmett. We are speaking with uh, vocalist Steve Grimmett. The new album is At The Gates, and uh, Monsieur Grimmett, I have been listening to it. It is a fantastic, or even wondrous, album. So uh, let me just first start off by saying, as we say in Montreal, bonjour, comment allez-vous, but uh, let's, <laughs> l- we'll get to that album. How are you? <laughs> Great, thank you. Yeah, Great. so yes, not too, not too bad. Yes, so I, I was, go on. Well, I was just going to say. Sorry, I'm, I'm just very excited because, you know, as I always do my research for these interviews and stuff, and I started reading these reviews of At the Gates, and I started seeing it's going to be on everybody's 2019 best of, and then I saw, oh, it's a great, it's, it's nine out of ten, and I went, okay, people, calm yourself, <laughs> and then I listened to it, and I went, yeah, they're fucking right. So, so, so good on you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot of hard work to be perfectly honest with you. And, um, uh, it took a long time. It, it took far, far longer than we should have done. But I think at the end of the day, well worth it. Yeah. So, so talk to me a little bit about the, the process going into this one, because, Technically, I guess it's only like the fifth Grim Reaper album, you know, uh, and you've recorded under other brand or band names in in the previous years. Um, yeah. What makes this a Grim Reaper album, and and why are in sense are you focused on uh, moving this band and this brand forward? Um, well, basically, um, two thousand and six, I think it was. We got asked to do a show in Germany. Uh, uh, Keep it true, was it? It was, and we got asked to do it as Grim Reaper. So it was like, right, okay, yeah, we'll we'll do that. Um, to be perfectly honest with you, I was ready to give the industry a, a kick in touch, really, because I was just just fed up with the whole thing. And then we did this show, and it was it was stunning. And, and obviously, people still wanted to hear the Reaper stuff. So we decided we'd carry on and we'd, we'd start writing a, another album, and uh, which was Walking in the Shadows, one before this. And it's the whole thing's just grown and grown and grown and grown. It's it's incredible. Um, you know, we can now again tour the states. We tour South America. We tour Europe. We do a lot of um, uh, festivals as well. And it's just, you know, everywhere we turn, it's like, uh, <laughs> it, well, it's incredible. 
and I, it, Ian and I, the guitarist, we, we were um, trying to come up with the answer why, you know, but there isn't. So we decided to forget that for a while and just enjoy it while it lasts, you know, but it's getting bigger and bigger. And I think it's, you know, rock is on its way back. I don't think it'll ever be as big as it was in the 80s, but, you know, it's it's good. And that's why we've we've written another one, because, you know, people are saying to us, we want another one. The record label, we want another one. And I'm already getting that now for another another album. So, yeah. So it's good all round. It's really good. We're it, having a great time. It is really good. And, and uh, you know, unlike those that say rock is dead, I'm not going to say that. I think rock has become sort of the new jazz in a sense where it's, it's you know, it's, it'll come back. It'll always be there. Um, yeah, it will. It will. And and listen, there are plenty of great jazz festivals around this world. So, you know, we, we it'll come up. Um, yeah. You said that you were on the verge of – quitting giving it a the middle finger or whatever and why yep. what about the industry got you to that point where you just said fuck i, I can't do this anymore it was it was just the, the the lack of well what i thought was a lack of interest you know we couldn't get back to the states we couldn't do this we couldn't do that and then almost uh, almost overnight after that show we did in germany the keep it true festival it was it was just the whole thing exploded and you know then all of a sudden we were we were doing like half a dozen um festivals in germany we were doing festivals in france i've never set foot inside france to play uh, i go there quite a bit because my parents live there but it, it you know we we we'd never played there before and then all of a sudden we're doing um quite a number of, of festivals and, it, and it, again it's all over the place italy and and, and it, it's you know why why knock a good thing when it's happening you know so we don't anymore we what we do we come up with an album and we get on with it and you know here we are ready to do uh you know to, to do a world world tour with with this new album yeah and you were just in in montreal and ottawa and, and canadian part of the world uh, recently yeah. and nothing but great reviews from everybody that was there the guys at the brass monkey and then the, the piranha club yeah. and everybody just great 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 reviews so you know let's let's look at this sort of from a, a very uh empirical kind of point of view uh, see you in hell fear no evil rock you to hell three albums you disappear for 30 years what is it about this band that touched so many people? Because you could have gone to this festival uh, in Germany and yeah. people could have just gone, yeah, all right, that's great. But they didn't. No. What is it about Grim Reaper where people just went, yeah, I, I need more? And, and why did those three albums just touch people so much where you just went, yeah, I need more? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I have no clue because, you know, I mean... We didn't realize, I suppose, you know, back in the day that that was happening. And and the reason why, because these days, obviously, we have media, you know, we have we have social media, which is which is a fantastic medium these days. People can actually even if, you know, they're not friends with me on Facebook, can send me a message and say, 
you know, I love this new album. I think it's fantastic. I think this, the things, you know, and I've been into Grim Reaper for, for since the day one, you know, and I've been into Grim, Grim Reaper because you saved my life and all this sort of thing. And it's just like, wow. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, your fans love you. They really do. And, that's part and parcel of it. Now I can actually talk to my fans, whereas before I couldn't. Um, and, and I think that's all part and parcel of it. You know, we are being told all those things and, uh, uh, and that's actually spurring us on to do more, you know, cause at the end of the day, you know, when we do a show, we, uh, we'll, finish the show i announce it during the show you know don't rush off when we finish because we'll come down and see you we'll just towel off and come and see you and sign stuff and take pictures with you and, and all that stuff so we definitely do that we do that because we look after the fans we like to look after them because without them we wouldn't be doing anything you know we wouldn't be able to afford to go to any part of the world and do what we do without these fans, you know, putting a hand in their pocket and paying for a ticket to come and see us. So, you know, I, I personally like to look after them that way. You know? Yeah. And that, and that's what I'm hearing all the time. It's just that you're very, very approachable. So, so let me ask you about this. Cause you, you did mention that sort of social, social media angle where yeah. fans can get on you all the time. And, and sometimes but, it's good because they can tell you how great the album is, but sometimes it's bad. Oh, the, this and that. And, but is it a double right but uh, i don't really get that okay you know i don't i don't i i I get good i don't it it rather depends on it and they sympathize with what i put on you know just recently i put on uh about having mental issues ptsd and and uh depression and the 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 response was like something else so many responses i can't keep up with it so i'm gonna have to like come up with one and send that out and say right you know guys i've got you i'm listening i'm hearing you you know they're they're telling me about their problems their mental issues and and all that sort of stuff and it's just like that's the connection between grim reaper and maybe somebody else you know i care about my fans i really do and uh, they obviously care very much about me and some of the the comments that have been written are, are just you know they're really heartwarming and uh you know as as long as i can do this i will be doing it for them well okay so l- l- let's talk about that positive angle i'll change my my question then um okay you you did have that and i'm trying to be delicate but you had the medical yeah. procedure that you, you lost yeah, yeah, a leg yeah. Yeah. How important was it for you in the recovery to have the fans be there? Because when you're doing something like that and, and, and it gets into post-traumatic stress and you're all alone. and yeah. But in your case, and I saw it, people were like, oh, my God. And they were reaching out and, oh, I hope you feel better. And yeah. how how important was that in your recovery to know that you had this incredible love and support? And not just from fan, your fans. But the metal community at large, it just went, hey, man, I might not have bought your album, but, man, we need you out there. We, you, yeah. how, how important was that? It was extremely important because, you know, I lay in, in, uh, in the bed for seven weeks in Ecuador 
uh, on my well not entirely on my own the first three weeks were, I was entirely on my own then my wife flew out and she spent the rest of the time with me um, uh, oh, and the British Embassy they they were fantastic to be perfectly honest with you but uh, it, <laughs> I I, I I knew that that, that that all this response was happening because I had my phone, uh, it, but I had to download and and do all that sort of stuff. Um, I only had uh, internet for thirty minutes a day, so I spent the time talking to my family in rotation, and then the other was like, right, I'm gonna. This this is uh, how do I get a leg? How do I do this? I want to get back up on stage, and I need to know how to do it. And da 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 da. And what encouraged me a lot was the fact that the the fans in uh, Guayaquil in Ecuador were coming in during the day, five six at a time, and coming to visit me. Most of them couldn't speak English, but they came in, bought me presents, bought me this, bought me that. And it was it was just fantastic, and that, along with, well, I had to think about. There was two things that I kept thinking about, other than the fans, was the fact that, you know, look, there's always somebody worse off than me, and I have met them during my re- rehabilitation, and I don't know if you're aware, but we had a famous. Um, Spitfire pilot during the war called Douglas Bader. Uh, Before the Second World War, he lost both his legs in an airplane crash and uh, he started to walk in tin legs. Um, And then during the Second World War, got back into a Spitfire and shot Germans down. And you know, it was like, right, well, that that is all the courage and and determination I need to, to, to do the same. But but for me, it was like not climbing into a Spitfire. It was climbing back up on stage. And I did that six months after I got home and I got my leg and I got all my, my training and all that stuff. And, and I got up on stage, did the show. And then the last the last um, song, we, we do See You in Hell. And the stage was split into, well, it was two levels. And I asked my wife to come and help me down to the, to the bottom part of the stage and I walked out to the crowd and they got louder and louder and louder and louder. It reduced me to tears. And, uh, and I was like, well, there you go. That was what all the hard fight was about. And, uh, and I'm glad I did it and I do it again tomorrow. So then it's, it's fair to say that getting back on stage and performing wasn't necessarily about the music, but it was more therapeutic in the sense. Yeah. It, yes. Definitely. Yeah. Yes. It 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 stopped me from uh, thinking or, or just go, going into the depths of despair. You know, I've only got one leg. What the hell am I going to do? Blah 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 blah. No, it wasn't that at all. It was like, right, how do I get back up on stage? How do I still perform for these for these guys? You know, because. I'm not ready. I'm not ready to quit just yet. And I know they're not ready for me to quit. So it was it was just a foregone conclusion that that was what I was going to do. Does it focus your attention when you're making an album like At The Gates where you just you have these fans that are just in your side, on your side, and you sort of say, I'm going to make a new album, 
but man, it's got to be extra fucking good. I got to give them back everything they gave to me. Do you have any of that extra motivation of like, I just, I can't just make an album. I've got to make no. the album. Yeah. Yeah. I still don't think I've ever made the album, but um, this one goes a long way towards it. It, yeah, yes, it's for the fans. You know, it, it it is, and I every song I write, or Ian and I write, it's always with them in mind. Um, you know, right? Okay, we're going to do an anthem. We're going to we're going to do this at the gates. Was a personal thing. That was me in bed uh, with a, a hanging tree full of drugs and blood and all the rest of it keeping me alive um but all the, uh, but at the same time you know i was in and out obviously because i had a, a sepsis major infection and i was in and out you know and and, and i'd be thinking that i died and then woke up and it, oh it, to explain that it, well i can't i can't explain how that felt or how it affected me it was just when i was awake it's like right that's never going to affect me again until it did, <laughs> but it's difficult to explain. But No, but I um, sort of get it because I've had two heart surgeries and there are moments oh. where you just lie there and you go, well, it's fucking over. And yeah, and, and I, I know it's not easy for people who's never had a surgery, but you know what, what, yeah. what, what you had and heart surgery, you just like, and I don't want to talk about me, but I, but just real quick, you know, on the second yeah, heart sure, surgery, I just thought I'm not fucking getting out of this, out of this room. Mm. And I did. And yep. so, yeah, I, I, I don't exactly understand what you went through because I'm not you, mm. but I can sympathize with what you went mm. through because I mm. sort yeah. of understand it. Yeah, except, I mean, yes, the, I think why I ended up with uh, PTSD was the fact that uh, every operation, I had five operations, two, of, two were for drainage. So, you know, I discount them, really. Uh, but the other three, the first one, they cut my foot to pieces to try and get rid of the infection. Second one was uh, to take me below knee. Then five days later, they took me above knee because I'd got necrosis in the cut, which is a flesh-eating disease. And every time I had the first three operations, I was awake for them. So I could actually hear them soaring through my bones and that i can tell you especially the last one because the femur is quite a quite a, a bone and uh they they got the saw stuck in it twice because it's all hand tools over there but uh and i remember you know thinking douglas barter had to have this done douglas barter had to have, but i'm sure he was he was asleep rather than awake man i Digging deep has has never meant so much to me as that that final operation, and uh, well, it was nasty. But again, it was just like I've got to make it. I've got to get through this. I'm I'm not ready. I've, I'm not ready to stop or die. <laughs> I've got to say, first of all, uh, the fact that you're this candid is is remarkable. And the fact that that you're able to go on, like I mean, if this was me, I would have just said, "Fuck it, I'm I'm out." I mean, so so congratulate or not, but kudos on on your spirit and your your willingness to talk about Thank it because it really is. It's, it's not a problem. It's not a problem. You but, know, I mean, people want to know. People are kind of actually. 
you did it as well. It was like, well, I, I want to ask, but I, I've, I've got to go around, you know, a roundabout. You know, I, I talk straight, and you know, if you can ask me anything you like, and I will tell you. Um, and uh, it's. <laughs> It's and, by one the, of those ex- and you're right about that, by the way. I mean, mm. listen, it, it is it is a, a subject that piques the interest, but you also yeah. don't want to be so incredibly, you know, rude about it. That no, so, you, so, won't, you, you but, won't ever be rude about it, and, it, and you can't be. If you if you saw me in the street and you said something, that would be rude. But you know, it, and, and it's funny actually because. Uh, when kids see you, when I don't wear my prosthetic, or even when I do, you know, they, because we always seem to look in symmetry, and I've only got one leg, so to a to a child, it's like, eh, what's what's going on? And they stare, and they can't help it, and all kids do it. And then the first thing they do is <laughs> the parents see them standing there staring. It's like, come on, come away, come away, come away. And I said, no, it's okay, it's really okay. You know, they they can ask me if they want. My um, my uh, youngest um, grandchild, he kept saying to me the one day we were out doing something. He says, "Where's your leg?" I said, "Well, it it fell off." And it, and then five minutes later, anyway, well, where is your leg? And it wasn't until I showed him my stump that he was like. Oh, there it is, then. and that was it. I never got another question. It's just weird things like that happen, and that that kind of makes me laugh. Right, right? I can imagine. Yeah. Now, yeah, I, it does. I I did want to ask. You were right, yeah. but, uh, but I didn't want to make it the entire focus. So I do want to move away for for sure. for a bit because absolutely. Uh, again, the first three albums: See You in Hell, Fear No Evil, yeah. Rock You in Hell. The last album, nineteen eighty-seven, and then whoop, two thousand sixteen. You're back walking in the shadows. Uh, when yep. you get to walking in the shadows, do you sit down and say, we're just going to make a new album for 2016 and this is the band and this is what we do? Or do you consciously or subconsciously look back and say, okay, if we're going to put this brand name on it, it's got to be that style. That what, you know? Do you, do you look back at the first three albums and say, we got to have a continuity here? Or do you say, no, it's 2016. This is the new version. This is the new band. And we're going to have whatever sound we make. Well, yes, in both scores, really. Yes, you know, Ian and I sat down and, and talked about it. And it was like, it's got to be, you know, the fourth album that was, well, it was written, but it didn't sound like anything like uh what we got now but yes it was a, a conscious effort to make it sound like the first three albums definitely this one is not so much there are still tinges of it but you know we decided to to write a, a an out a moving on album basically so it's like right okay this is still grim steve gribbett's grim reaper it's it's th- this is how it is, and uh, we're going to go for a modern sound. Is all we did because because I get asked about uh, um, the the songs in the you know did you it, or they say it's it's a lot heavier. Well, yeah, and and they then they say, well, why is that? And it's just, well, that's the way it came out. That's the way the songs were written. Uh, sorry. The, the way we wrote the songs, it's just that that's how it, it came out. Yeah, they are definitely slightly heavier, but that's probably more modern. 
but it still has the the Grim Reaper tinges, and 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 it's bound to, because that's what that's who we are, you know. And I don't think that'll ever change. So uh, yeah, and 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 you're you know, the voice. Think, Right? Yes, I mean, exactly. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know, that's never going to change. <laughs> that's the best part about being the vocalist is that usually, if you're if you're any good, you're associated with that band forever. You know, that's why you can't yeah. replace Steven Tyler. That's why you can't. You know, exactly. whereas yeah, drummers, exactly. yeah. drummers, you can just roll them in and out all day. Nobody cares. Yeah, yeah. I could change the whole back line tomorrow, <laughs> uh, and Nobody if, if I'm still there, it's it's you know it's like, and I've done that. You know, I've been to the first time I went to South America to Brazil. That's what I did. I had a backing band and, uh, and, and did that and then uh, decided that I'd take the whole band over. So it was, to, you know, and, and that's how it works from, from then on. But, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, and it's like playing See You in Hell. I think if I didn't ever play See You in Hell in a set, I'd get lynched. You know, and, and, you know, so it's great, though. <laughs> you, you probably would. And, um and I just want to point out just real quick, the hand that rocks to cradle track four mm. is, is particularly uh, pleasing to my ears. It, I, great. And then the one right after a knock at the door, just anyway, it's great stuff. But I want to ask you this because it, it yeah. is uh, Steve Grimmett's Grim Reaper. And yes. we know that after or during or around the third album, Rocky to hell, there was all kinds of legal battles. First of all, yeah. is the Steve Grimmett's, Grim Reaper just so to identify or is that an ongoing legal thing where you have to call it something different? No, no, no. Okay. It's, it's, it's something that because when we started getting asked to, to go and do this thing, it was like, right. Okay. What do we do? I, I've got to speak to Nick, you know, I've got to invite him onto it. And which is what we did. Uh, Ian and I made the phone call to Nick and said, right, you know, this is what's happening. He, wanted to leave the Grim Reaper thing totally alone. And, uh, you know, it was like sleeping dogs lie. And, and we were going, we were just going to go for it. Um, and he said, well, I'd rather not, rather not you go out as Grim Reaper because people are going to be thinking that I'm, I've rejoined and I'm going to be there. I said, well, okay, well, let's call it Steve Grimmett's Grim Reaper. And, and that's basically why we did it. And it was a, 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 a gentleman's agreement. Right. Okay. Yes, it was a gentleman's agreement between Nick and I. And, and, that's, and that's it in a nutshell. So, okay, so let me go back to, to the, those legal battles in 87, yep. 88. Um, yep. Because after that, the band disappears for, as we know, whatever, 30 years. Yep. Yeah, was that so acrimonious that it? You said we're done with this band. I'm not. We're out. Or was it just the band had run its course and it was time to move on? No, it was actually a legal requirement that we did not play. Would you believe? Yeah, I would but, believe <laughs> because yeah, I hear it yeah. all the time, and it's quite. Yeah, it really pisses people they, off. Yeah, yeah, they, it does. Yeah, and uh, basically. We left Ebony Records to go and join RCA because he breached or they breached the, the, the contract. Um, and he didn't think he did, which it was blindingly obvious he did. So he put in a, a, a counter suit and basically he said, until this is sorted, uh, they are not to play live. They are not to record. They are not to play live. And that, was uh, th and that was it basically um 
because Nick got into another band, I got into several others, and uh, we could never do the Grim Reaper thing until I got, uh, I was in Lion's Heart, and uh, my manager was also a lawyer, and he got that through. Uh, he got that sorted out for me, so we, you know, I, I was not uh, or, or away from the, the 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 suing and all that sort of stuff. It was all dropped in court, so that's why we could go out as Grim Reaper again and play the Grim Reaper songs. Um, How disappointing was that for you? Because you're 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 a young guy, young band. You're building up a reputation. You're three albums in, which is actually really good. You're mm-hmm. especially at that time where the music was on MTV and Headbangers Ball and Power yeah. Pepsi Power in Canada, and and now you've lost. And people hate when I say brand, but you've lost the brand. How, yeah. how yeah. much of yeah. a of a, a you know a, a poker up the butt was that? Where you just go? Fuck. It was. It- it was a red hot poker up the butt yeah. really um and it was a really nasty thing to do you know we we ended up coming back to the uk with no money no income uh the the money the very small amounts of money that we had from um uh, ebony records he well when we came back we all had to go uh, on social security and all that shit um we uh um well okay well, and, why why didn't you quit and and go work uh, driving a lorry well that's that's basically what we had to do to okay. start but to start off with it was um uh we we had to to draw social social security but ebony records a guy at ebony records actually got in touch with them and said you, they can't be on social security i'm giving them money then i had a knock on the door to, uh, and this guy what, says, what a complete know, asshole this guy yeah yeah yeah, yeah no yeah. offense and, well and maybe a little bit no, of yeah, offense. no full offense no. full offense yeah, full offense the <laughs> motherfucker yeah, but, yeah he, uh, and basically uh they they were they came knocking on my door and reading my rights and all the rest of it i said whoa 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 what how do you know i've been earning money you know, well, we've been told, you know, we and I said, How, what have I supposed to have earned then? And he was reeling off these, the this um, amount of money. And he he actually, by accident, left the folder open for me to see who'd been uh, who'd been telling them we were earning money. And it was Ebony Records. It was on a it was on headed notepaper. So, you know, he'd been a real asshole. You know, he really screwed us big time. But they, you know, once I um, once I got that cleared up, they they I never saw him again. So uh, yeah. You mean so, you're not shit. sending him Christmas cards? That's that's. Uh... No, 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 I, no. <laughs> wow, uh, I can't okay. actually tell you what I'd like to do to him, but uh... <laughs> no, because this is being recorded and it could actually be used. So no, let's. Yes. Um... <laughs> Let me ask you about those those first three records. That in terms of the masters and who owns the masters, can you repurpose them? Can you do a box set, the deluxe edition, or are those lost in the annals of rock and you have no say? Nick has no say. There's just your babies are gone. Um, no, they're not gone. Uh, I've been fighting for nearly fourteen years to because I've never received a penny from from any grim reaper album not one cent and um i'm looking at well not looking into that uh we i i think we may have to go to court i'm not absolutely 100 percent yet 
but uh, that is all i can't really say too much about that because it's all it's all being dealt with now um uh but you know hopefully by by the end of this year it'll all be back to where it should be but you know, <laughs> you never know. In this okay, so, so we'll, we'll put it this way. As we're speaking here on October 25th, 2019, yeah. you don't own the Masters. You don't have access to the Masters. No, no, I do not. But I will. That... You know, one, one way or another, we will. Yeah. And any thought given to re-recording those albums with, with the new lineup and just say, well, if I can't have these, ma- I'm just going to re or, or would that yep. be too disrespectful to Nick? Um, no, because no. Okay. I would talk to I would talk to Nick about it and say, "Look, this is what we're doing. Um, we'd love you to be on it. Uh, we'll send you backing tracks, and you can do your guitar your guitar parts, and then we'll add them at mix stage. You know, so we can do that. Um, we can pretty much do what you like because at the end of the day, they are in the public domain, so you can pretty much do what you like. You know, I, I could do it and not speak to Nick, but I wouldn't do that out of respect anyway. But uh, yeah, so yeah, because yeah, that's sort I'd of like the li- that. that's a little bit of the loophole when you don't have your masters, is you sort of can just re record them. Yeah, it's... yes, you can do that. Yes, yes you definitely can do uh, that, but I, I would like to have the masters back, you know. But we'll see. I don't know. And I'll finish on this then. If you do sure. get the Masters back, and I'm hoping you do, mm-hmm. what would be the purpose for you? Just to have them and say, hey, I've got them? Or is it yeah. because you want to do something with them for the fans and say, here's a deluxe edition. Here's a remix. Here's a remaster. Here's a... Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to do that. I, I would like to do that. Uh, but I'm not going to plan anything because not not for the time being anyway until i know for sure i got you know i get them back so um yeah but the short answer is not you don't you don't just want them to want them you you want them because you would like to to have plans yeah yeah i would like to have them to do something with them for the fans you know so um yeah fingers definitely that i hope i hope that happens and and i will say this uh, as we end uh, at the gates, folks, it actually was released today. Um, it, it, it's it is great. It really is a great heavy metal record. And you know, as I've gotten older, I've sort of drifted away from heavy metal and more and sort of you know melodic rock. But yeah. but this one brings me back. This this cool. This is good. <laughs> this is good. This is real Excellent. good. So so you know, don't stream That's it. Great. Go buy it. Buy it. Yeah, buy, buy it. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's out on vinyl as well now. So. Mm-hmm. That's even better. It is. Uh, and, and I will say, as we say in Montreal, in Montreal, uh, merci beaucoup. Thank you so much. You have been absolutely uh, delightful, candid, honest, uh, just a great chat. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. Au revoir. Au revoir. Bye. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> Take care, buddy. You too. See ya. Bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to Rock Talk with Mitch LaFond. Rock Talk.